0: Can psychology walk hand-in-hand with Christianity, or does it compete with Jesus Christ as a Savior from our problems? Hey everybody, my name is Ray Burns, and I want to equip Christians to think biblically about every area of life so that they can keep growing in spiritual maturity. And in this episode, we are going to find ourselves in the middle of our discussion about whether psychology can fit a Christian worldview. And... Obviously, up to this point, we have been focusing a lot on just what psychology is and what it does. And at this point, you may be wondering, okay, when are we gonna get to the Bible stuff? This is about thinking biblically, and yet we're not using the Bible. And to really clarify that, keep in mind that thinking biblically isn't just pulling out a single Bible verse and shoving it into a situation, but it is having our minds that are informed and transformed by the Holy Spirit using the word of God so even if I'm not directly quoting the Bible as you've picked up from this conversation what we are actually doing is thinking biblically thinking as people of God and looking at something in particular in this case psychology and saying does this truly match with what God has revealed in his word and in my life So all that to say, this is going to be another episode where I'm not doing a Bible study necessarily, but as you listen, obviously everything I'm saying is being informed as a person who wants to put God's word as the highest authority in my life, and I hope that those of you listening feel the same way in wanting to not be deceived by the things of the world, not just let your culture tell you what is true, but instead actually examine, discern, and decide if something like psychology truly is what Christians need in their lives. Now, so far up to this point, just as a quick recap, we have looked at how psychologists desire to help people. They're not wicked anti-God people. They are not, you know, tools of evil or things like that. They are genuine people, most of them still enemies of God, but people who genuinely want to help in a way that they believe is truly helpful. We've talked about how they do that. We talked about how they view us, which is that we are all 100% purely natural creatures. And so our emotions, our thoughts, our behaviors, our desires are all found in natural means. And then from there, we had to kind of conclude that to... Add the Bible to that process means that we can only add it to the solution. So it starts with a naturalistic worldview saying we are natural creatures. It then interprets all of our problems and sufferings and things we're doing Through that naturalistic understanding and therefore the solution that it puts out has to also be rooted in naturalism and the only place that we can try to shoehorn God into that is in the solution and treating the problem and making us feel better and of course we concluded and we'll get even more nitty-gritty with that this time but we concluded that when we do that God is not the authority in that situation psychology is and God is there to support psychology and its solution based on its interpretation, which is based on a naturalistic secular worldview. Now, as always, two notes before we continue. One, I'm not offering medical advice in this. I am simply talking broadly about psychology and a Christian worldview. Number two, I understand that this is an incredibly sensitive topic, and this one may even be one of the more friction filled episodes not because I'm necessarily out to attack people but I'm going to be making some statements and drawing conclusions that is going to really attack some of the experiences that people have had and honestly may even make people have to really reflect and honestly answer where they've been placing their faith their hope and their trust what they believe they need in life and how much they've been truly pursuing Jesus Christ in all of that. Um, As always, please understand, I know that psychology has helped people. It is currently helping people and it can help people. I also know that a lot of people find their identity in what psychology offers. They find their identity in their disorders. They find their identity or even comfort in the evaluations and the answers that psychology attempts to offer. So when people have anxiety, if they struggle with anger, if they have depression, if they have struggled with alcohol or drug addiction or pornography or TV or food psychology has offered either comfort or maybe even freedom from those problems and so when I discuss it in the way that I am I know that it can feel like I am nullifying someone's experience or their success and maybe even telling them that no you haven't really been set free and as always that is not my goal to just erase someone's experience because again I understand that someone is not evil for going to a psychologist And that psychology itself does offer good. It it can comfort us. It can bring us relief from things that we're struggling with right now. It can help get us through grieving. It can help us to get better control of our lives and, and make our marriages not fall apart and help us with our kids and help us personally and emotionally and things like that. Again, I fully understand that. And I'm not saying it's all a lie and that people are making stuff up. But instead, what I want us to focus on, as I've said through this series, is not is psychology good, but is there something better or is it the best solution that we have? And again, going beyond just, well, can we use psychology with a Christian worldview, but instead showing how we either have to pick psychology or a truly biblical worldview and that psychology, while good, is simply not our best option. So I said that psychology offers good things, so let's get our discussion started with what does it truly offer? We've talked kind of broad sense about how it offers interpretations and some form of treatment and solution, but what we want to really look at is what is it that psychology does have to offer us? What is this good that it can create in people's lives? What are the maybe even benefits of it? And so before we can really talk about that, again, we have to ask, foundationally, According to psychology, what are we? Well, we are, according to psychology, natural beings. But as Christians, we know that we are natural and spiritual creatures, not just mostly natural with maybe a conscience or a spirit that's going to go to heaven. But instead, if you listened to the series that I suggested last episode about our body, soul and spirit and what they are, how they work together, especially episode four of that, I talked about how our bodies and our souls are our inescapably linked together we aren't just a body with a soul we aren't a soul riding around in a body we are body and soul melded together completely and inseparably and again reminder that it is not our bodies that necessarily make us enemies of god but it is our spirits our souls our desires our sin nature that is what has made us an enemy of god and that really matters, especially when we're talking about psychology, because psychology talks about emotions, our reactions, our beliefs, our desires, how we behave in the world. And so as Christians, we need to pay very close attention to that side of ourself that God has given us that is unique only to human beings in terms of having a human soul and really recognize that if we are ignoring a critical part of what makes a human a human, we're ignoring a critical part of what is wrong with them. And therefore we ignore a critical part of what they need because of that. And so psychology, it, it simply can't offer anything to treat the spiritual part of us. And honestly, the part that is truly in need of treatment I mean, you think about it, we talked last week about how psychology is just founded on naturalism itself. Its whole belief system rests in the idea that everything you think, experience, can all be traced back to natural explanations. That the human does not have an actual soul that does something. We have, we may feel like there's a soul and we can believe that there's a soul, but ultimately it all boils down to chemicals and Electrical firing in our brains and things like that that inform who we are what we do and what we believe Uh, the contributors of psychology are also secular so everything they did everything that they've built was built on secularism. The majority of practitioners today, whether it is those who are writing the textbooks and analyzing them, whether it's people that are having patients in their office seeking to help them, the vast majority of these people are also going to have a secular worldview. And again, even if you have one person somewhere in an office that you know is a christian and tries to integrate christianity into psychology they are taking something that is founded on secularism popularized by secularism and is interpreted through a secular worldview and they are trying to somehow make that work with christianity but it simply just can't because all their explanations are done without a divine creator there is nothing spiritual or divine in the world so all the explanations that they are working with start with that belief and so if there is no God, then Christian, we have to ask, how do we explain spiritual problems? How do we interpret and say, it is my sin that is leading me to this desire. It is my sin nature. It is my, my misplaced worship. It's my idolatry that's leading me to be angry, to look at pornography, to steal, to become addicted to alcohol or drugs psychology can't look at our spiritual component and say well here is your problem it is your relationship to god it's your misplaced worship and so because they are they can't interpret things through our sin nature their solutions have to match and our their solutions can't address anything about our sin nature or our sinful desires and so in a way psychology is very much just that hammer and nail analogy you know if you're a hammer you see everything as a nail, meaning you have one trick, you have one thing you can do, and you're gonna keep trying to treat things in that way. Psychology is the same. If you view everything as a problem of a natural uh, source, you know, if everything is secular to you, then whenever you have someone who is presenting with a purely spiritual problem, What are you going to do? You're going to treat them as though their problem is natural, even if it's not, because there's no room in your worldview for anything else. And so all that to say that when we're talking in this episode about what is it that psychology offers, well, ultimately, psychology offers to free us from something. It gives us a solution to our greatest problem. Because people don't just go to a psychologist randomly. I mean, some people may go there for sort of a checkup, but the vast majority of people who visit some kind of psychologist do so because they are experiencing what they feel is one of their greatest problems in that moment. Whether it's marriage or personal problems, they have a great problem that needs to be fixed. And so ultimately what they are looking for is some kind of freedom or salvation from their thoughts and their actions that are causing problems in their lives. And so what is a psychologist going to offer except a solution to fix their thoughts and their actions? And this all boils down to a behavior modification. It's not about changing a person's heart. It's about changing what they think and how they act on what they think. It's just training someone like you would train an animal. And I don't say that to be mean or disrespectful, but ultimately that's what it is is we are just training ourselves to behave and think and act differently. Because there's no true source of these things. It's all natural. It's all based on training and and human nature in in a secular sense. And so there's no addressing a spiritual problem, a heart set against God or a heart that needs God. It's all just a matter of you've been trained badly through your life. Let's fix that. Let's help you learn how to think and behave better so that you can have the outcomes that you desire. And so Psychology is offering to save us from something. It's, it, it is telling us what our greatest problem is. And it's saying, hey, I will set you free. I will give you salvation. And so what we have to ask is if we are going to a psychologist because of the suffering that we have in our lives, then we have to ask ourselves, what is it that we want to be set from? What are we as God's people viewing as our greatest problem? What is our greatest enemy that needs to be conquered at that time? Well, with everything that we know psychology has to offer and that it offers relief in the moment, it offers satisfaction with who we are and what we do, it offers training away from behavior, then our greatest foe, our greatest enemy, the thing we need to be saved from most in the realm of psychology is how we feel and how we act. So psychology offers to save us from our hurt, whether it's heartbreak, whether it's grieving, whether it's just negative self-talk, it offers to save us from the hurt that we experience in our lives. It saves us from suffering and how our behaviors are destructive and how we can, we can do better behaviors that aren't as destructive so that we can be happier. It saves us from generally destructive thinking, whether that plays out in actual destructive behavior, whether it is just anxiety or self-doubt. It offers to save us from thinking badly about ourselves and hurting ourselves with our thoughts. And in general, it it offers to free us from anything that has a negative impact in our life, whether we view it as negative or whether it is something that society views as negative. Uh, you take, for example, people that are sent to a psychologist because they are going against societal norms you know they are criminals or things like that they have un unhealthy desires and they are mandated to see a psychologist because of those things but ultimately a psychologist is going to set people free from just negative things in their lives so that they can either be happier or be better members of society And here's the reality is that there's no one thing that psychology says is our problem because everyone goes there and has a different thing that is bothering them that they want to be set free from so we ultimately in the realm of psychology we are the definers of what we need to be set free from if we are unhappy we need to be set free from unhappiness if we are hurting ourselves or our family and we don't like that then a psychologist offers to help us to improve that, that aspect of our lives. Whatever it is, it's ultimately whatever makes us unhappy is what we need to be set free from. And as Christians, we should already have a huge problem with that because we are not the ones who define what is truly wrong with us. And we should also realize that our greatest need in life is not to be happier or less unhappy. What we need salvation from is not just the negative self-talk or the bad things that we do in life. We need to be set free from what it is that makes us want to do bad things in our lives, the things that lead us towards sin. It's our sin nature, our love of sin, and our lack of love for our God that is our greatest problem that we need to be set free from. But psychology can't offer that because that's all spiritual. That deals with an innate sin desire that psychology doesn't believe in. They believe that we are either neutral animals or we are basically good, but somewhere along the lines, we have gone astray. And that is completely opposite of what a Christian worldview would promote, and so not only, though, does psychology let us define what we need to be saved from, but ultimately we're the ones who find salvation from it ourselves. We're, we actually save ourselves within psychology because what a psychologist does is they offer solutions. They are there as a support system. They are there to lend their expertise to what someone is experiencing. So if someone comes in and they say they feel very hollow, they feel no joy in life, a psychologist can't just wave a wand and they can't speak magic words to fix them, but instead they can help that person piece through their thoughts, their history and things like that to understand why they are unhappy, why they do those things that make them unhappy and then offer solutions that the patient has to take and do something about in order to set themselves free Free from that suffering, but end of the day, the base level there is that the psychologist doesn't really free them. The psychologist doesn't do anything except lend their support and their guidance, so that the patient can do all the work themselves. Again, relying on the psychologist's knowledge and understanding and, and experience in order to do that and to to do the right thing and not keep doing the wrong thing, and so within psychology then how do you know that you are successful how can a psychologist measure success how does a patient know that they have been set free from their suffering well it's when their feelings change when they are happier with their circumstances when they are satisfied that they are no longer doing that action they believe that they have been set free then they are saved from their suffering so what is that teaching us? That is a ultimately a works-based salvation. It is, in a way, legalism, if we want to get really theological with it. And by that, I mean that as long as you don't do the bad thing, you are not a bad person. It doesn't matter if you desire to do it. It doesn't matter what your the, your true self is like. As long as you can train yourself, train your thoughts, train your behaviors to present as someone who is not depressed or anxious or angry then you're saved you're good there has been success there but again that just boils down to legalism that just says that as long as our actions are there as long as our thoughts are there it doesn't matter what our hearts are truly doing we've had success because we can tick a box and say i do this or i don't do that and so kind of realizing this that psychology at it's very basic level is just telling us our greatest problem is our happiness or our unhappiness and psychology offers to set us free by making us happier let's just consider some things of what psychology says we need or what it offers versus what christianity would say we need or what our problem is so just some some basic comparisons here So Christianity would say that it is Jesus Christ that offers us satisfaction and joy in our lives. That true freedom, true joy is found only in our Savior and only for those who have been saved by him. Whereas with psychology, they would say that it is our effort that is our source of happiness, that we have to essentially save ourselves, that true satisfaction is only found when we decide to be satisfied, when we are content with who we are and what we do, and if necessary, if we've put the work in to fix it ourselves. Uh, In Christianity, our greatest need is to turn away from sin and rely on the work of Jesus Christ in our lives, Whereas in psychology, our greatest need is to have comfort in the moment. It doesn't matter 10 years from now, we want to be happy and satisfied now and not suffering now, whatever that takes. And as long as we're not suffering now, then we know that we can stop working. We know that we have done what we need to do and we have what it is that we truly need in life. Again, Alongside that, Christianity gives us joy in all circumstances. Because of who Jesus Christ is, even if we're suffering, even if we have sinned, we can still find joy in our lives because of who Christ is and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Whereas with psychology, you need to be happy now. If you are unhappy now, then that is what needs to be addressed. Not the source of your happiness, not the root of it, not even your desires, because there is a... a chasm of difference between joy and happiness happiness says that the circumstances matter joy says that it's where we place our hope that defies our circumstances so in christianity if you are suffering if you have cancer if you have lost somebody you can still find joy in jesus christ whereas with psychology it's how you feel that matters most Um, again in christ we desire freedom from sin whereas in psychology we want freedom from negativity whether that's negative self-talk negative behaviors we need to have freedom from things that are seen as bad and then ultimately what this really boils down to is our ultimate desire what is our ultimate desire as a follower of Jesus Christ and what is our ultimate desire if we are staying true to psychology in Christ our ultimate desire is to live for Christ to be holy as God is holy, to be sanctified through the work of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. With psychology, we just want to live for ourselves. We want to be happy now. We want to have confidence in ourselves now. We want to view ourselves positively. We want to foster good relationships that make us happy. We want to remove people in our lives that make us unhappy psychology is a purely selfish endeavor that puts all the focus and the spotlight on us and our problems and says that our greatest problem is that we are unhappy whereas as christians we know that our greatest problem is that we have sinned against a holy god and need salvation through the work of jesus christ his death on the cross and him imputing giving his righteousness to us even though we could do nothing to earn it Christianity is all about what Christ did for us and how we live our lives now psychology is about how we live our lives now and all the effort we put in to make ourselves happy these are two things that at the end of the day are just completely incompatible because of where they start one starts in Christ one starts in secularism the interpretations and the solutions that they offer are going to necessarily be two very different things. And this is why I keep saying that we just cannot meld psychology and Christianity together because they are two completely different belief systems. And what's going to end up happening is that if we are trying to use psychology, whether we are full bore into it or whether we are trying to mingle Christianity with it, If psychology is where we are turning for our solutions, for our analysis of what's wrong with us, then that is going to produce worldly people. Whether or not they are using Bible verses in their life or going to church or praying, it is going to produce worldly people who are focused on worldly issues and looking for worldly solutions. Because psychology, again, interprets and treats things naturally. Therefore, it encourages us to think naturally, to view ourselves naturally, to view our problems naturally. And because we are viewing our problems and our suffering as natural things, we are also going to view our freedom naturally and say that if my biggest problem is my unhappiness, then true freedom is going to be found in being happy finally, being able to accept myself, being able to behave better. And so ultimately our relationship with God doesn't address our natural problems. Because our sanctification, our holiness, our spiritual growth, those are all spiritual things. They're all things that are only capable because we have the regeneration of the Holy Spirit in our lives, taking an enemy of God and making them a child of God. And it's because of that that we can Overcome these things, not because of our own efforts or because we become better people, but because we are surrendered fully to Jesus Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But in psychology, we don't need that because there's nothing about us that needs to be changed internally in a spiritual sense. It's just our actions and our thought patterns. That's all that needs to change. And when we can change those, when we can train our mental and physical behavior, then we're set free. Again, no room for anything about our spiritual walk with Jesus Christ in any of that. And so when we only treat part of the problem, we're going to necessarily ignore the true issues, especially because again, it is our spiritual selves, our sin nature, and that that frustrating split as Christians between our, our desires for sin and our desires for God and how we so often and so frustratingly and so stupidly keep trusting in the things of the world to save us instead of finding our satisfaction in god we worship the 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 weaker lesser things of the world instead of the ultimate thing which is god he alone is our satisfaction he alone is what we need and if we don't address that if we don't recognize that if we don't deal with it then we're just going to keep acting as enemies of god we may be happier about it our Outward appearance may be better, we may be comforted and have our consciences soothed, but we have to do so at the expense of basically rejecting all the conviction brought about by the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so ultimately all psychology is going to do for us is let us mask our true problems. Uh, You know, if you've been around here long enough, you know that I like to equate our sinfulness and our sinful desires with cancer and how the things that we do are just symptoms of that cancer right it's a deeper problem inside of us and so if you were going to a doctor because you had headaches or a bloody nose and they just said to you oh you know let's let's uh, give you some medicine to kind of help that that bloody nose clot better or let's give you some painkillers to help deal with the the migraines and headaches that you're dealing with you may feel better because of that your symptoms may be better but if you've got something like a brain tumor or cancer in there that is causing those symptoms then it doesn't matter how well you mask the issues you are still dying because of that and our sin is the exact same way just because we can control our tempers or we don't visit certain websites or we stop drinking alcohol or whatever it is just because we stop doing negative behaviors doesn't mean that the source of those has been dealt with And yet psychology, all they can do is offer us solutions to mask the symptoms of a thing that is killing us because they don't believe that anything is killing us. They think our greatest issue is just our trained and learned behaviors. And if we can treat those, and if we feel happier, then we have success and have been saved from our greatest issue of negative behavior. Meanwhile, as Christians, we know that all we do when we control our tempers, when we stop acting sinfully, and even if we stop having as sinful of desires, that doesn't mean that the deeper problem is dealt with. It just means that it's going to pop up in a different way that maybe is just as sinful, but it's more socially acceptable. And as long as we can funnel our behaviors into things that the world says are good, then we're good to go. We're fine. That's all we need. And so ultimately, what we're going to have to conclude is that we can only pursue one thing to free us. And that's gonna boil down to what we see as our greatest problem. Do we want freedom from our unhappiness or do we want freedom from our sin? And what we view as our greatest problems is going to determine what we put our faith in. We can put our faith in psychology and its ability to give us reasons or maybe even excuses for why we do what we do and help us to accept ourselves where we need to or even change our behavior in things that we want changes in. Or we can put our faith in Jesus Christ to see things as he sees them so that we can treat them, for lack of a better word, in the way that he has designed for them to be treated. And that's not through behavior modification. But it's through sanctification. And I'll have to leave you hanging on that one because we're going to get more into that over the next two episodes. But what you may be wondering right now, especially if you've come into this series and you're sitting here right now and you're still kind of waffling, do we really need to choose one? Is it really a black and white issue? So if you're saying, do I really need to pick one? Is it really that black and white? Is it that, that firmly yes or no? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say that you need to pick either to place your faith in psychology or place your faith in Jesus Christ. And I say that because ultimately what psychology does is it separates our problems from Jesus Christ. It puts the solution in our hands. It puts our greatest problems into how we want to frame it. Whatever we feel is wrong with us is what is wrong with us. Whatever we don't like, whatever we are unhappy with is what needs to be changed. Whatever we can accept, whatever we enjoy, doesn't need to change. So it takes it out of the authority of Jesus Christ, who says, this is sin, this is holiness, and instead puts it in our hands or in the hands of the world and says, this is what makes you happy, this is what does not. Again, another reason that we have to pick between them is that A a psychology worldview just does not have room for Christ. It doesn't have room for him in its understandings, its foundational understandings of the fact that human beings are body and soul together as one, equally important. It does not have room for interpretations in saying that because we are physical and spiritual beings here is why we are doing these bad things or having these certain kinds of thoughts it it can it cannot explain our anxiety our depression spiritually it has to do it naturally and again from my experience and I bet for from the experience of a lot of people here you have heard people who say that their depression and their anxiety is not a spiritual problem at all it is their brain chemistry it is a natural explanation based on their past or their history or things like that, that these issues that God, when God says, do not be anxious for anything. And people say, I know, but it's not my fault. That is thanks to psychology because they take it and say, no, 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 Jesus, it's not a spiritual problem. It's a physical one. I don't need you for this. I need you to help me feel better, but I don't need you to help me examine the source and the root of this problem. Again, psychology and Christianity are set at odds from one another. Or when I say Christianity, obviously, I mean a as followers of Jesus Christ, not the broader, maybe evangelical or even global understanding of Christianity. But another thing that we see is that, again, because of the worldview and the interpretation, the treatment genuinely has no room for Jesus Christ. Now, again, people will sit there. And again, from my own experience, I know that there are actual certified Christian psychologists out there where if you are a Christian, you should go here to get psychology from a biblical worldview. That's the, that's kind of on the label. That's the brand. But here's the problem. If we try to add Christ to psychology, it's not truly Christ. We're not really adding the actual person of Jesus Christ, who he is as God, what he has said in terms of our sin and our need for him. We don't have the Holy Spirit actively working in part of our solution to get freedom from our sin instead we just get kind of like jesus christ just added there in name now what do i mean because again as we talked about last week and i'll try not to rehash this too hard but when we start with a foundation of secularism or naturalism everything is natural and our interpretations are therefore saying hey here is why naturally you're having these problems there's god has nothing to do with this it's all natural And then our solutions that are offered by modern psychology are from a natural perspective. Now, it is only in that solution that we can truly add Jesus Christ, because if we add him in the worldview or the interpretation, everything changes and psychology completely falls apart. So all we can do is add him to the solution. And when we do that, what do we do? Because we're already starting by saying this is all purely natural, so we need to not change our spirits not work on our spiritual walk with Christ but instead we can do things like use bible verses like inspirational quotes maybe you can use a quote from a famous person in history maybe a president maybe a you know a, a social leader and things like that or you can use a quote from the bible Either way, they are all equal in psychology. It's whatever quotes you can dwell on to think positively on that give you a better mindset and encourage you in your behaviors. That's what you need. And that is all the Bible is good for in Christian psychology. Prayer is the exact same thing. You can tell someone to go find a a nice place in a park or in a forest to just sit and just be away from the world. You can tell them to practice guided meditations or mindfulness meditation. Or, if it makes you feel better, if it helps you, you can go pray to whatever deity you believe in. Prayer itself doesn't matter, it's what prayer is meant to accomplish. And that is to give you a peace, something to believe in, something to center you. That's all prayer is going to be good for as we are treating this thing naturalistically uh things like church and being a part of a community really it just boils down to being a support group wherever you can go to get positive people around you people who won't drag you down people who will encourage you make you feel better maybe keep you accountable maybe that you can reach out to for help or when you're struggling or when you're hurting those are the people you need if you can find them at church great if you can find them at the gym or the yoga studio or at a coffee shop or just your best friends great. Whatever support system you need is what you need to go to, as long as they are supportive. So if you have a church who is saying that, you know, your alcoholism is a sin against God, that you cheating on your spouse, that you, you know, lying or stealing, that these are sin issues that you need to repent of, well, that makes you feel bad. That's not a good support system. That's toxic. That's people who are blaming you for things that are not your fault. And so you need to find a different church you need to find other people who will give you the positive reinforcement that you need and so what this all boils down to then is that it's not a true reliance on our God and Savior Jesus Christ it is a reliance on secularism behavior modification feeling better about ourselves and using Jesus Christ in a therapeutic way to make ourselves feel better using the Bible, using church, using prayer, instead of non-Christian things, but they are all doing the exact same thing, which is making us feel better because we are the center of psychology. It doesn't matter if you use the Bible in it or not. Human beings, us, the patient, the individual, that is the center of psychology. That is the God that we need to serve. That is who we need to please. And so again, do we really need to pick whether it is psychology or whether it is true freedom in Jesus Christ? I'm going to say yes. We can either find our solution with Jesus Christ as the true and primary source. But to do that, we have to start with a biblical worldview on what humans are and why they do what they do. It is only through that that we can have a biblical interpretation of why someone is doing what they're doing. And it's only through that that we can have a true biblical understanding of what they need in order to basically stop doing those things. But with psychology, if we are starting without Christ as our primary source, then the best thing that he can be is a guest to our show of our own journey to self-improvement and self-acceptance and self-love and self-betterment. And I don't think Again, I don't think any Christian who has relied on psychology has ever truly gone into it saying, back off Jesus, give me my psychologist. I know that nobody does that. But when we stop, when we truly remove our experience, remove our emotion, remove our culture's over-reliance on psychology and treating it as the pinnacle of truth and understanding of human nature, when we remove all that and just truly think about human nature through the eyes of God and then try to see if psychology can compare to that, it is very, very difficult to find a way that they can truly exist harmoniously. We have to start with the correct worldview. And when we do that, we can only go one direction with it. We can't start with a secularist worldview that is used in psychology, that is used to understand human beings and provide an interpretation, and then just hope that somehow we can then add God to the mix. If God is not first in our understanding, he will not be first in our interpretation, and he will not be first in the solution. And that is why I say that psychology, it offers to free us from something. And people have found freedom and salvation in psychology. But what they found salvation from is their circumstances, their feelings, their emotions, their unhappiness. That is all psychology can offer because it's, at the end of the day, just therapeutic. It's a massage for our souls. It makes us feel better about ourselves. It allows us to be who we want to be. It it allows us to find happiness. But often, it's going to be at the expense of our walk with Jesus Christ. It keeps us as baby Christians who can't find true freedom from our fear, our anxiety, our anger, our addictions, because the only one who can offer true freedom from that has no place in the psychology that we place so much of our faith in. So let's wrap up this conversation now. Uh, And just to summarize where we've been, we see that psychology views everything naturalistically. It therefore everything that it offers is also natural. It tells us that we are shackled by our natural problems, our self thoughts, our history, our biology, and therefore all that we need to be freed from is those natural things. And ultimately, There is no room for the spiritual in a secular psychology. So as you are winding down on this episode and continuing on with this series, I've been trying to give just a little bit of homework or afterthoughts. So here's what I want you to kind of reflect on as this episode ends. I want you to reflect on your own encounters with psychology. Before now, how true did everything that it said seem? Did it truly seem to explain problems and issues that you've had. Now, after this discussion, where are you seeing that psychology is lacking? Because it has explained your problems from a a secular worldview, you were taught and encouraged to only view your problems from a secular perspective. But is it possible now that you can actually look and see that your anxiety, your addictions, your anger your unhappiness your loneliness that there could be an actual spiritual sin-related problem to that along with that have you actually seen psychology replace christ where you say no psychology tells me that this is my issue so i'm going to reject anything that the bible says and say that i am a special case that you know, God says, don't be anxious, but I'm going to be anxious. God says, have hope, but I, I can't help it. I am just depressed naturally, and I can't help it but to feel hopeless. God says, only do not be controlled by anything. But psychology says that we have to be controlled because it's biological and we can't help it. Have you seen psychology replace Jesus Christ and the truth of God's word in your life like that? And finally, are you now still comfortable using the interpretation and treatment methods of a secular worldview that doesn't look at who you truly are as a physical and spiritual being and also as a follower of jesus christ now this is going to conclude my bigger emphasis on the secular aspects of psychology in the next episode we're going to look at how Biblically speaking, from a biblical worldview, we can make better assumptions through our worldview and therefore gain better interpretations of why we do what we do and think what we think. And then this series will conclude as we talk about a better solution through Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to this episode of Onward in the Faith. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and visit onwardinthefaith.com where you can read hundreds of articles about every area of the Christian life. If this ministry is a blessing to you, there are three ways that you can support it. You can pray for Ray and Onward in the Faith itself. You can share this episode with others, or you can help with various expenses by visiting patreon.com slash onwardinthefaith or following the link in the show notes. We hope this episode has encouraged you to keep moving onward in your faith towards maturity in Christ.